Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted, and Happy New Year to you. We're recording this at the end of 2022, but we know we're dropping it in January of 2023. So, Hopefully you had good Christmas, good New Year's, and you're excited for the new year. Uh, But with me on the mic, uh, we have our lead pastor, Rick. How are you doing today, man? Fine, man. Happy New Year to... Well, it's not our New Year, as you just said, but happy New Year to everyone out there. Good to be with you for another podcast. And we're excited for another year of this podcast and what's in store. Uh, but before we dive into the topic for this one, I do want to ask you a question. So uh, if people go to our church, they know you do the lion's share of our preaching. So you're, you're mm-hmm. preaching a lot. And so, so how long have you been in ministry and have you been preaching all in that time of ministry? Like, have you done some form of preaching throughout that whole ministry yes. career? Okay. Yes. So... We began in ministry a year after we graduated in 1993. We graduated in 92. How old were you in 1993? Four. Four. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Wow. So we, and we were working with college students for 15 years before I started doing church ministry. Even while doing college students, though, I was teaching from the yeah. scriptures to crowds. And yeah. uh, sometimes you don't call it a sermon, you call it a talk, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's concept, pretty much yeah. the same thing. So with that in mind, here, here's the question. Do you remember your first sermon you ever preached? Yes. And what was it about? So it's kind of funny, because I like how you say, do you remember, which is really <laughs> a shot at my age. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Like, Sorry. let me ask you, do you remember your first sermon? I do. And you're like, of course I do. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but then for me, yeah, you're I like, you. <laughs> hey, old man, do you, can you remember that far back? So my first uh, sermon or talk that I ever gave from the Scripture was actually before I graduated, so I was still a college student. It would have been 1991, and it was about prayer, but particularly like something that's been on my heart that I've taught at our church from time to time, but keeping prayer simple, uh, where we actually speak to God during prayer and don't let it be about this, that, and the other thing. And I still draw upon that stuff today. Now, that first message, though— Dude, you know how like middle, like when you're in grade school and you have like elementary school art and, and Diane probably thought that thing was awesome and put it on the oh, fridge? Sure. Yep. Well, and then you look back on it and you're like, that's silly and that's ridiculous. By and large, I look back on that message and there was some great stuff in that, but then there's still some like elementary school art in it, you know, and it's okay. Yeah. Do you actually have it on file anywhere or is it? When you say file. Okay, first assuming, of all, you assume I was using a computer, uh, not index that's a good cards, point, so. and you assume that it was on anything other than a cassette. <laughs> God bless you, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember, I don't remember what mine was as far as topic, but I remember mm-hmm. the setting. So my my grandpa, who I was really close to, and Papa, if you're listening, I love you, man. He, he might, I don't know if he's listening to a podcast, probably not, but uh, he was a pastor of a small, small country church where we grew up most of my kind of elementary years, went to that church. And he let my cousins and I, I had a few cousins about the same age. He let us all basically have a Sunday night where we preached the sermon. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what I preached, but I remember I was so short, I couldn't see over the pulpit. Because it was, you know, old That's school fantastic. Baptist church, big pulpit. How old were you? I was probably like 11 or 12. So, <laughs> I mean, when you say it was, it was probably a terrible sermon. But I remember he like built this little platform so I could see over the pulpit. And it was cool. Like I, 
you know, at that time, a couple I phone books. Yeah, something. Right. I'm like, I don't think I knew what I was going to do now, looking back. But it's, yeah, I'm sure in God's sovereignty, there was some, just some, there was something there. But it was, it was fun. I don't remember what I said, but everyone probably loved it because I was. So like, you don't even remember the topic. Nope, that's fantastic. I but so, so that's mine. But. Well, on the topic of preaching, so we are we're beginning a new year, and for us at Redemption Chapel, that means a new year of preaching God's word. and And recently, I was having a conversation. You've probably had similar situations where we're talking to someone, and you know, I think someone asked me the question, like, "Hey, when are you preaching again?" And I told them some date that was like six months from now, and they were floored because they're like you know when you're going to preach that far in advance. <laughs> so I gave them a brief overview of kind of how we do it. And they were just kind of floored because I don't think they know they knew what goes into the process. So yeah. I was thinking, hey, why not start the year out as we go into a new year of preaching to let our listeners know, get a little peek behind the curtain. How do we plan? What do we plan? And then some of the heart behind what the plan is. We don't just throw it together. There's some heart there. There's some purpose. So, And, um, and for those on our staff team, they know, like, I don't throw anything together, right? Like there's, plan, yeah. there's organization. And a lot of people in our congregation, they would, would assume the same. And I've had similar moments, Austin, where I can remember one on a mission trip where Josh asked me, and, and as you start to describe everything that goes on behind the scenes to, that gets to the Sunday morning moment, I just I saw his eyes getting bigger and bigger and bigger, like, wow, there's a lot that, that's behind the scenes. And so you told me that's what you wanted to dig into today. Kind of yeah. look behind the curtain. What's going on yeah. back there? All right. So, so let's do this. We're gonna we'll we'll start kind of broad and get a little more specific. So, this is kind of a big question to start, but but how do we come up with the sermon schedule? Now, and granted, for the listeners, like this is a huge part of your job. Our church is blessed by it. So, so how do really how do you where do we start? How do you get this thing going for this sermon schedule we have? So, one of the things we got to begin with is even our decision: do we preach through books of the Bible? Sometimes that's called expository preaching, going verse by verse through it. Or do we do topical mini-series? And our church's answer is yes, yes. So we do both. We do expository, and the reason we do that, uh, so for example, right now, we well, we just finished up 1 Corinthians, right? A little hint, what will we be <laughs> studying in 2023? Second Corinthians, right? So anyway, uh, how do we how do we do that? So we, why do we do that? We do it because that's how the Bible was written. It was written book by book, and there's great value going through it verse by verse because you get context. You understand the theme of the whole book. You understand this verse is in a chapter. That chapter is in a book, and there's a reason why it's there, and it helps with interpretation. Uh, so there's a really really good thing there. Another great thing about that, and our congregation has been very affirming about this at times is that we don't get to skip verses that we don't like. So if all I'm doing is topical mini-series, I'm cherry-picking my favorite stuff as a pastor. When I'm going through God's Word verse by verse, God gets to decide what I'm talking about. And so sometimes there's stuff in there that's kind of awkward and difficult, and we have to tackle it. And it's it's kind of hard sometimes. It's mm-hmm. tough. But the congregation has been very affirming and appreciative of that. So there's the value of expository. And some churches say that's the only value, and so come hell or high water, that's what we're going to do every time. Okay, easy, cowboy. The other side is doing topical stuff, a little mini-series. And we do this because, one, it kind of breaks it up. Books are long. And so sometimes, I mean, when we went through Acts, when we went through Luke— 
With Acts and Luke together, that's 25% of the New Testament. So it takes a long time. So to break it up uh, in between so things are not monotonous. Uh, as well, it allows us to have a pastoral moments where we sense what our congregation is going through, wrestling, asking, and we get to address those in little mini-series. Mm. So what we've decided as a church is it's both and, not either or, and, and we do both. Now, either way, our, our heart and our goal in that is that we want to be biblical, we, we want to be challenging uh, and say hard stuff. So the hard stuff doesn't just come when we go verse by verse and come across something hard, gotcha. but <clears throat> you, we can preach topical in a way where we really challenge the congregation. And we also, of course, we want to be helpful. We want to be engaging. We want to be encouraging. We want to be applicable. There's all kinds of things that go into this. And so I have in mind... Uh, Sometimes sermons, like learning from the scriptures, it's like a crock pot, and sometimes it's like a microwave. So the microwave thing is where people come in, and they're hungry, and they're saying, Pastor, give me something that will get me through my week. I'm just having a hard time. Like, I need something I can apply to my life this week. That's microwave preaching. It's done in 30 seconds, and here you go. Or 30 minutes, but anyway. Uh, the other side is crockpot. It, it stews for a long time. And so I also want to feed my congregation on a diet that builds them in a life of discipleship for decades. And they're getting it over time. So they need a decade by decade by decade approach of a crockpot. They also need something that feeds them this week from the microwave. So it's a little bit of a balance of both. So what I'm looking for in that then is a little bit of a Goldilocks moment where it's not too hard and it's not too soft, it's just right. That's, that's Goldilocks, right? Just right. And, and I think we're hitting it. Uh, we're not perfect. We're, we're always growing. I'm growing as a preacher year by year, I hope, I pray. I hope uh, 10 years from now I'm, I'm better than I am now. Um, but uh, we, I think we're doing okay because uh, we've had people leave the church, but we haven't chased everyone off. So I think we're doing the yeah. Goldilocks. So there are some people, because we taught hard things from the Word, I got some nasty letters. I actually had somebody, because I was going on sabbatical, got my home address and sent it to my home address. So they, they, I, they made sure I got it on sabbatical. God bless them. Great way to start. Uh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, but, but they were ticked because before sabbatical, I taught something hard. They didn't like, boom, they were gone. All right. So if we're teaching hard stuff, sometimes people leave. If we're teaching it, like we're just being jerks from the word and teaching too hard, everybody leaves. And, and so I think we're doing it. We're getting the Goldilocks moment in between. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of big stuff in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so with all that, I mean, that's, you know, those are kind of the guiding principles, the big heart. Now, how does that come together into a specific plan? So like I said, we're starting 2023. So we have a sermon schedule plan for this year. How does everything you just said get worked out into an actual plan? Uh, Good question, because what I just gave you is heart, philosophy, theory in the background. Now, now that doesn't mean, well, what, what are we preaching next Sunday? Okay. So on the books thing, the, the verse-by-verse expository side, uh, give a look, I don't know that anyone in the congregation knows this, so I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain right now. What we're doing is we're going through the New Testament chronologically. Meaning, not in the order it appears in your New Testament, but in the order that it would have been written throughout history. Uh, which book was written first, and, and we're moving throughout. Now, not perfectly. And I love that, because it's funny. I wonder how many people... 
because I mean, I knew that as a staff. I remember when we talked about that, but I, I remember, wonder how many people has been sitting in a Sunday and we do another book. Like, of course, Second Corinthians is coming next, whatever. Right. But when we do a different whole, and it's like, oh, they just we jumped to First Thessalonians, and like, but it's yeah, why that? Yeah, there's and, actually and a reason. So, yeah. and when I introduce the books, I try to give a little bit of the history behind it. And so, if you're paying attention, but boy, that's really top shelf stuff. So, I wouldn't expect anyone to catch it. So, yes, we're going to do Second Corinthians after we finish First Corinthians, which we just finished. So, we'll do Second next year. After that, Romans. And again, why? Well, it's the order it was written. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the books back then aren't like our books today where you open the flyleaf and there's a copyright date. So the, <laughs> the dates are a little bit debated and different people will have a different chronology. So I have a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm so happy where I tried to sort this out and go, what order would it come in? And then we don't just preach the New Testament. We'll take a break here and go back and do an Old Testament book. And so there's this whole system that I've, I've worked out. Now, here's the thing though. Once I choose a book, so for example, again, I said next year, 2 Corinthians. Well, <laughs> the work is just beginning because now I have to advance study the book uh, to get a feel for it and to say, okay, where does the first sermon start and end? Where does the second sermon picks up there? Where's it end? So how many verses go in each sermon? What are the breakdowns and all that? That is all done a year, sometimes a year and a half, two years in advance, actually. So uh, then, then you got to get into identifying the big idea of the book, uh, it, which leads to kind of a subtitle. So with First Corinthians, remember, what was the subtitle? First Corinthians? Yeah. Dumpster fire. When, when the church, when church is, is a dumpster, dumpster fire. fire. Yeah. Exactly. Now, where did that come from? Well, it came from, uh, that's a creative approach to the big idea behind the book. So so you got to get into that. And then once you have that, that leads to branding. So what is the title slide? What is the preaching or the teaching slide? What is the bumper video? If there's a bumper video, there isn't when we do books. But anyway, uh, all those kind of things hover in the background. And. And what I guess the question to kind of you mentioned it, you know, you talked about going through the book and breaking down like what verses do you cover on this Sunday versus next. Like a lot of our listeners might be like, well, dude, there's verse numbers, just use those. But originally they didn't have verse numbers, they didn't have chapter breakdowns. So that's it's not like you can just go and like, oh, they break it down this way. So at times you have to wrestle through that. Like, well, 100%. You know. Like if you just take a chapter, so the first. Sermon in Second Corinthians yeah. will be Second Corinthians chapter one. Well, actually, chapter one might logically be three sermons. Mm-hmm. Chapter two might be an entire sermon just for one chapter. Like, and so you want to make it sense for a preaching schedule for the congregation. So that's a lot of work in the background. Now that's just the book that we're going through. Then you have the mini series, and that one is a group effort. Uh, so we work together as a staff team, uh, certainly with our associate pastors. Usually we, we loop Gary into that as our uh, worship director. We'll loop Shannon, my wife, into that as our women's ministry director because she's a skilled teacher. She does this stuff herself. Uh, so we, we get a great – I think we bring in our youth guys. Um, so it's a group effort to fill the tank of possible mini-series. Big idea. We could do a series on this, you know, and – so we fill the tank, and then I use that tank to choose which ones we might do the following year. Mm-hmm. Now, once I've chosen those, then there's work to be done with that. Well, what is the actual title? Because the, the topic of the miniseries isn't always a good title. 
right? So then what, how many weeks will that mini-series be, uh, and what are the topics? So, for example, we're right now doing a series, a series called Journey. Okay, well, Journey is a good title for it, but really it's stories of people connecting with God. Yeah, but that's not a great title, right? So yeah. that's the idea. And then uh, as we got to that, we said, okay, but a great title for that will be Journey. All right, well, how many weeks? We had to work that out. Well, what are those various starting points? We had to work that out. Well, what Bible characters go with that? We had to work that out. And after all that work, then you had a series called Journey, and then you went into branding, title slide, teaching slide, bumper video. Uh, now, some of the work on the branding of it happens throughout the year doesn't have to happen all at once. So uh, th- so there's some mini-series that we'll do late in 2023. We'll get to the like yeah, bumper video and up, slides yeah. later in the year. That's fine. But that, So all that work needs done. Now, once you have those, I mean, you say it's a, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Well, now you have a whole system that gets created, and I do it a year at a time. So I start this work usually around September. Unless, of course, I'm on sabbatical and it pushes everything back. Uh, It's been a great year. Uh, September, October, I start that. We get a lot of team input. By by December 1st, way before that, the next year, the entire next year's preaching schedule is set. Mostly in stone. God gets to have the final call, but mostly in stone. And what that leads to, brother, blessedly, is another spreadsheet. And just for our list, I mean, if people, I think people that know you a little bit would pick up on this, but if you don't, I mean, there's a few things in your life you really love. I mean, there's Jesus, your wife, kids, all that, ministry. Spreadsheets is pretty high up there. Like, you are a spreadsheet. And I've seen you do things on an Excel that I'm like, holy crap, how in the world did you do that? It's oh, amazing. equations and all that oh, stuff. Oh, it's amazing. So <laughs> I was an economics major in undergrad. And uh, so I, I learned Excel when Excel was not a very popular, well-known thing. And uh, But e- even if you're not running equations of any kind, so for example, our preaching schedule for the year is done on a spreadsheet, but it's just, it's a matrix. It's an easy way to uh, organize information. Yep. And I, I do, I get all warm and fuzzy inside when it's, I get to work with It's one. a piece of art. I mean, I, I see it every week when I work on the hosting stuff. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Well, it's a piece of art, but it's also a puzzle. Yeah. So once... Everything I've said so far, well, okay, but now there's other things that come into play. When are we going to do baptisms? That bumps the sermon for that week. So when in the year are we doing baptisms? When are bonus Sundays, fifth Sundays, we do stuff different. We get into a psalm in there, so that messes with the preaching flow. When is Easter? When is Christmas? When is Kids' Own Sunday? When is Youth Sunday? All that has to go in there. And then uh, once that, those things are in there, then I'm fitting in the book we're going to be going through, like 2 Corinthians, and the various miniseries and getting a rhythm to that. So it's a real puzzle just to work that out. Yeah. So, okay, so you got this plan. Now, you've, you kind of start with this heart. You've told us a little bit of how you get to your, you know, your spreadsheet, your plan. One of the questions people might be asking is, now, how do you decide who the heck preaches? So you have all these sermons, you have it broken down. Like what? Like does the pastor just go fight out back? Like what's the what's the plan? <laughs> Rock, paper scissors. <laughs> yeah. oh, what yeah. happens? Right? Cage match. <laughs> How's that decide? Well, at the end of the day, we are always hoping that God teaches. Uh, and I, I, that's a throwaway comment. Like, well, duh, you know. But but honestly, like. I don't care who stands up front. If God doesn't have his way with our congregation on that Sunday, it is such an exercise in futility. 
And yet, if God shows up through his Holy Spirit, opens his word, calls his people, his people respond in faith and repentance and application, oh my goodness, I don't care who's standing up front. It's going to be a great Sunday. And so at the end of the day, we, we want God to speak. With that in mind, we do have a value of shared teaching. So one of the things, even as Redemption Chapel, by God's grace, has been growing, we're, we're fighting really hard to avoid the celebrity Christianity thing. And one of the ways we avoid that is we share the pulpit. Uh, so there's not just one person who's the big dog or whatever. Now, granted, I'm the lead pastor. I do the lion's share of the teaching. God's called me there. That's fine. But the fact that I share the pulpit with other pastors, I think, is very valuable. The cool thing that I think we get to experience at our church is there's not like this huge drop-off. Like, we have four pastors. Like, you three guys, you, uh, Pastor Jared, Pastor Sean, uh, you three are fantastic in the pulpit. And so to hear from your guys, your voice, your perspective is so, so valuable. Now, how often does that happen? Well, for you and Sean, it is not at this point your primary calling or gifting in our ministry. And so you guys, I mean, I'm talking to you, but not telling you what you already know already, but you guys are going to end up preaching about two to three times a year on average. Uh, Pastor Jared has a real calling there and gifting it and shares that with me. So I preach about two to one, me to Jared. Uh, and so he and I share that. And he's uh, love, love hearing from all three of you guys. And uh, and so we, we work it out that way. So now I got to go, okay, well, how many times is each guy going to preach? And then I have to factor in vacations. Now, sabbaticals, mm-hmm. that throws a wrench into it. Kids on Sunday, youth Sunday. Uh, I look at launching series. I usually prefer to launch the series and set the direction. So I want to make sure, if possible, not always. Sometimes Jared does, and he does a great job. And But Pastor Jared will lead those. But anyway, so I'll, I'll usually launch the series. And then I try to get a rhythm. So, for example, if you preach three times in a year, I don't want all those in January. You know, yeah. I want them sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said I go two to one with Jared. I, I don't want all all mine to be in the first half of the year. So a, a rhythm sprinkled throughout the year. Again, like I said, it's a puzzle, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah. But boy, at the end, it's a beautiful spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh, it is. And so, I mean, man, I, I've heard you walk through this process before, and I'm always super grateful, super amazed by it. But I know there's people listening probably thinking like, Dude, that's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, when that December rolls around, you've put this puzzle together, like how does it feel? Like what's <laughs> what does it feel like when it's all done? I mean, that's that has to okay, be a good feeling. So there's a good number of people in our congregation that have run marathons, and I think they know what it feels like for me. <laughs> when you cross that marathon line, you are exhausted and exhilarated. Right? You're exhausted and you're celebrating. And I, that's how I feel. Like I, it's a very tiring, long process, and then I, I'm thrilled. Now, I'm also at that moment really glad that I don't have to worry about it for another 10 months, right? Uh, but what I'm hoping and praying in that moment is for impact and growth. Because I'll tell you what, it's kind of, um, it's a scary thing. What I'm doing through that, and I'm glad I'm not doing it alone. Again, there's a lot of team effort, team input. But I realize at the end of the day, I'm responsible for choosing the preaching diet a diet for my congregation for a year. 
And when I say that out loud, it scares the crap out of me. Like, and so I take it very seriously. Like, how, how am I? And I know I'm not all that. I know I'm not perfect. I know what they actually need is Jesus, and they're not going to be finished till they go home, and they'll have other pastors. I get it. But I feel a very huge weight to, to that decision to choose the preaching diet for a congregation for a year. And I hope and I pray at the end of the day that there is a lot of impact, a lot of growth, a lot of response. Like if, if the result is people go, well, our preachers are great. Who cares? I want them to come out of that year going, our God is great and I've grown a ton. And if that happens, I'm a happy man. Oh man, that's and it's so good to hear that. And I think uh, hopefully, if you're listening and, and this is kind of the first time you've heard a little bit of how we do it, why we do it. I mean, hopefully you're grateful. Hopefully, it, man, I hope it helps you just take God's preaching or God's word, the preaching of God's word, even more seriously and receive it well. And uh, and I'll just say, you know, Pastor Rick from our church, I think I can speak for our church and say thank you for for everything you put in to getting us this plan, working on it, and then obviously your share and a lot of that teaching, but thanks for kind of leading the charge in that as a lead pastor. We're, we're super grateful. So uh, before we before we wrap up, any any final thoughts? I'm grateful to our congregation. We, we believe in the priesthood of believers at our church, which means the, the ministers are in the pews, not just the pulpit. And so it's not like my poop don't stink. Uh, it's not that I'm any better. I'm just a fellow brother in Christ. I just happen to have the job, uh, which includes the things that I just laid out before people. And so I, I love that we have a congregation that loves the Word of God. We do. And people are hungry for the Word of God and want to learn the Word of God and want to apply the Word of God. And that's something that the Holy Spirit has done in their lives, not me. And so that leads to a congregation that comes in wanting to eat from the Scriptures. And I love that. And so you thanked me. I say you're welcome. I'm also very grateful in saying thank you to a congregation that loves to be preached from the Word of God. Amen. Well, we're excited about this year, excited about 2 Corinthians, excited about some of the mini-series we have planned, and uh, I think it's going to be a great year uh, of hearing from God through His Word. So thanks for listening. We uh, hope you'll join us next month as we have another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.